Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey there, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? Hi there, it's going well. How are you doing? Good. See your prayer plant behind you look so pretty. I know. I It's really, my plants are doing so well. It's amazing what happens when you pay attention to them. Isn't that interesting how that works? <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And I, you know, you've given me cuttings before and I've done my best, but I just, I don't know. I, I just, for whatever reason this time I feel like I'm doing a better job of checking in on them and I really do mm -hmm. think I know there's no like you know magic to it but they like vibration they like interaction they like when you I mean they do like when you talk to them I don't mm -hmm. think because they're sentient but mm -hmm. because they respond to movement and like mm -hmm. different I don't know mm -hmm. I, so yeah. No, I totally hear you. I'm convinced that if you were to take plants in the exact same conditions and half of them you like sat and admired, even if you didn't talk to them, you just admired them. And the other half you never looked at, even if they were getting the exact same amount of sunlight, exact same amount of water, I think that they do. I think something happens. And and really, um, I kind of, I, I think of it as prayer in a way, like we've talked before about how sometimes things are prayer that we don't even think of necessarily as mm -hmm. prayer, because it might not begin with dear God and end with amen. Like when you and I are talking and we're worried about one of our kids and we're talking to each other, in my opinion, there is something prayerful that also happens there, you know, and I, I kind of see that with our plants too, you know, I might not be praying, dear God, please help this plant to grow, grow and thrive, but I'm, I'm still focusing my, my heart's attention on it. And I think it makes a difference. I think it does too. Not Either to that, or we're just totally wacky and that's, well, and that's fun too. It is. It's fun to be wacky, but, and your carbon dioxide too. I think when they talk about singing to a yeah, plant or yeah. talking to it, you've got the CO2, but I agree. I think there's something about I, I don't know, attention where God designed mm -hmm. creation to live in community. So, you know, we're symbiotic so. with them, with our CO2 feeding mm -hmm. them to breathe and their oxygen giving us yeah. air. I mean, it makes sense that, yeah, but this guy's doing really well. I love him. So I just have to remember to bring him out of my closet. <laughs> right. Cause you're in a room with no windows. Studio <laughs> with no windows. This little like ring light does not give him Doesn't all do that it. he needs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, funny. Well, today, interestingly, our topic is not plants. It's but... not. It's not. But it is about miracles and, you know, yeah. life life and miracles and, yeah, well, yeah. 
That's no, I'm super excited about this. We were talking in our adult Sunday school class about miracles and some of these questions came up. So I was there like on my phone, like typing in all these questions into our um, little card where it's like, this is it's actually really good. I can't believe we haven't focused an episode on this yet. So I'm super excited to dive in about prayer and miracles. Uh, before we do that, let's start with our prayer and verse of the day. All right, Lord, we just thank you for this day, for this time to focus again on you and just to talk about miracles, what they are, what they mean for us, what place they should have in our lives, what importance we should put on them, all of those things help to guide and direct our conversations. And we just pray that you would allow this time to be set apart for you, that your Holy Spirit would be here, would guide us, direct us, and just bless us today, and that you would be glorified in every word that's spoken and every thought that is thought. Amen. Amen. So I feel like I've secretly been storing this story up to use. I, <laughs> I love this story. I think it's so poignant. And so when I thought this would be a great opportunity, this is from Luke chapter 16, verses 27 to 31. The full story is that there was this, uh, there was this man and uh, this like, I might get it wrong, this rich guy. And Lazarus was this beggar. And he mistreated Lazarus and he ended up, you know, this is a parable told by Jesus that, you know, there was Lazarus ended up in Abraham's bosom, which is the kind of Jewish idea of being with the Lord. Paradise, yeah. Paradise. Mm -hmm. And then this other guy was in the other place. He was across this great chasm and he was thirsty presumably hot we will call this hell i guess or representative mm -hmm. of separation from god eternally so um so this guy answers this this uh rich man is like i beg you father send lazarus to my family for i have five brothers let him warn them so they will not also come to this place of torment and abraham replied they have moses and the prophets let them listen to them and he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they're going to repent. And he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Luke mm -hmm. 16, 27 to 31. And in this discussion about miracles, I just feel like it's important to kind of keep this idea in mind that sometimes I think for me, I'm looking for a miracle to convince me Mm -hmm. That God is real, that God is however powerful or, you know, whatever. I mean, in mm -hmm. my heart, I know who he is, but sometimes I want to see a miracle just kind of like thinking that it's going to somehow change everything, change make everything, it, make yeah. it easy for me to live mm -hmm. the life I know I need to live and to pray with more power. And, you know, if yeah. only I could see a mm -hmm. miracle right now. And, and I think it's important just to kind of keep this as sort of like an undercurrent yeah. of the discussion. You know what? We have the Bible. We have the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. The, he didn't even have the Holy Spirit, but they had the law and the yeah. prophets. They won't be convinced even if they see a miracle. Mm -hmm. Look at Israel. They yeah. saw tons of miracles and they wanted to go back to Egypt. So mm -hmm. that's just. I thought really... about that. Sorry. I didn't no, mean to ahead. talk over you. No, no. I thought about that when, you know, most people would consider our son Silas's survival miraculous. And, you know, we're going to get into what is the actual definition of a miracle. Um, but some people would say things like, we can't wait to see what 
you, you know, what plans God has in store for him. Like, oh, God must have saved his life in a miraculous way because he must be more special than average was kind of the undercurrent of that. Yeah. And I remember, you know, thinking about verses like this too, being like, you know, just because you see a miracle doesn't mean that you're destined to be a super Christian. Um, I think when I was a kid, I would have that same feeling. Oh, well, if God came and spoke to me in a burning bush, of course I would believe everything he said. I would never doubt him ever. And I think I've experienced enough things that I would consider if not miraculous, then for sure, God's direct intervention on my behalf in very powerful ways. Mm-hmm. And so if my thoughts when I was a kid were true, I would, I wouldn't be living a normal everyday life. Right. But, mm-hmm. but we do, we go back to baseline, we go back to normal. And I don't know that we need to beat ourselves up over that. We just need to recognize it. We just need to recognize, no, it's not a miracle you're looking for, right? It's a relationship with God that's going to to change things. Yeah, and and even just looking at, I don't know, at God Himself as the miracle, the fact that there's this mm-hmm. being that created this universe out of nothing. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and that He somehow still, I mean, in His, and I still can't quite understand this in his greatness and hugeness somehow he cares about me like as an individual that's bizarre you know Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. unfathomable so yeah when you boil it down to that like technically what more of a miracle do we need but Mm -hmm. still there are others yeah so yeah absolutely well our just for fun question is do you have a favorite movie or song or quote about miracles Obviously, I had something in mind when I was writing. When you wrote the question, <laughs> I you had forgot. Several. There were several. No, I had I had several movies in mind, but um. So the one that I the one that comes to my mind, we always joke around about. Do you believe in miracles? You know the Disney movie Miracle. It's the hockey movie. I don't movie. think I've if I've seen it, it didn't stick with me. Sports movies don't always do it for me. Yeah. So it's uh. Let's see. I'm kind of loosely aware of what you're talking about. Basically yeah, like an underdog team, probably something like that. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. for the year. So it was, it was when the United States played Russia in, oh. um, uh, or the Soviet Union at the time. Oh, interesting. In Lake Placid. And so the U.S. team consisted of basically college players and okay. some long shot guys that wanted to go pro. Um, but they won the Olympic gold in 1980. And so the movie's called Miracle. It's a great movie. And, Mm -hmm. but in the hockey community, it's like the movie. Do you believe in miracles? That's like the thing. But they were definitely the, the, by far the underdog. But, you know, um, Herb Brooks, their coach was just this, like kind of hard nosed, but really cared about them, but just conditioned mm-hmm. them. And the whole idea was that he made them a team. Like he mm-hmm. didn't just train them to play hockey. He yeah. trained them to work together, to be a team on and off the ice and mm-hmm. that their heart and their like family mentality and just their desire to represent their country and passion kind of allow them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, this is going to be my probably like third Fiddler on the Roof reference in the last so many episodes. Do you remember the song Wonder of Wonders, Miracle of Miracles? 
it's super cute. So it's um, the love story between the oldest daughter and she's in love with a poor tailor. And so she goes against their family's tradition of marrying who the matchmaker matches you with. And so they ask, they go together to the dad to ask his blessing on their marriage and he gives it to them. And then he sings this. It's just so sweet. It's um wonder of wonder, miracle of miracles. And then what he does is he talks through all of these miracles in the Bible because, you know, they're, they're an observant Jewish culture. And so he's talking about like when, when God made the waters of the Red Sea part, that was a miracle. Um, when God fed us manna in the wilderness, that was a miracle. But of all the miracles there are, the most miraculous one is that God's given you to me. I think it's super, oh, super that sweet. Is sweet. I don't remember that song. It's been so long since I've seen Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. I need to watch one of the like the live Broadway. Yeah, it, no, it's very amazing. endearing. Um, and, and he's kind of just like a tall, lanky, dorky guy. Like if you read my novels, like he's the kind of guy I like writing as a love interest, you know, as opposed to the like broody alpha male. And mm -hmm. he's just so happy. Like he's doing somersaults and he's just so ecstatic. It's very, very cute. Oh, that's neat. And I like it. It gives a really good recap of all of the Old Testament miracles, too. Like, you know how some of the Psalms are basically just a recap. Here's mm -hmm. all the things God has done for us through history. Yeah. So in a way, it's kind of kind of worshipful. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. Very Definitely cute. need to revisit Fiddler on the Roof. Well, when you were talking, though, about movies and miracles, I also went to like sports underdogs because <laughs> I think that's that's one of the motifs that that becomes apparent. But I think my favorite, like I said, sports movies aren't my favorite genre, but I really do like Cool Runnings with the Jamaican bobsled oh, team. I love that movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. My it's, kids were just talking about that. They're like, let's watch the Jamaican bobsled movie again. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so inspiring. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> you get choked up, but it's really, really it's powerful. Mm -hmm. All right. So <laughs> were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say that's a great segue into yes. <laughs> our actual discussion on miracles, because, you know, the question at hand as we get into this discussion are, are you know, kind of our discussion is just prayer and miracles and mm -hmm. all the questions that that come up about it and so the, the very first question though needs to be what is a definition of a miracle because yeah you know we can lots of people call all kinds of things miracles it can get right. thrown around loosely um but is that such a bad thing to see yeah. everything as wondrous so mm -hmm. you know i being my um information gathering self uh-huh <laughs> what is that again is it that's input in, input i keep getting yep. input and intellection so in the um the clifton strengths. clifton strengths one of my biggest strengths is input and it's so funny to finally realize that after all this yeah. time and like mm -hmm. as we were getting ready to get on um to record i was doing all this like research stuff real quick and i'm like I don't have to feel bad about that anymore about like, no. oh, I've got to go. And why am I like that? Why do I feel like I have to like, maybe I'm insecure and I need to go and gather Aww. this information. But now I'm just like, I'm operating in superpower. my in my strength. I you like are. doing this. Yeah, so I did look into like the, you know, Britannica definition of miracle is um, an extraordinary and astonishing happening that is attributed to the presence and action of an ultimate or divine power. So 
That's one, you know, kind of general definition. That's a definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I found really interesting, I went to this, um, I just kind of Googled the different Greek words for miracle because I knew that there are signs and wonders and all different words for it. It'd be hard to go through every verse and figure it out. So I found on greekwordstudies.blogspot.com, they had this nice little list of, it says scripture has no single word translated miracle. The English word miracle comes from the Latin term term miraculum, which merely refers to something that evokes wonder. So in that regard, you could say anything that evokes wonder could be a miracle if you want to define it that way. But there are four primary Greek words. So the first one is works, which is ergon, wonders, teras, powers, dunamis, and signs, semion. Now, as a disclaimer, I did not go back and like make sure this person was super like I didn't go back and double check mm-hmm. all the stuff. So take it with a <laughs> grain of salt, but it looks uh-huh. good. Sounds good. And these various terms are used because no single word could possibly exhaust all of the different mm. significance mm-hmm. of the word miracle. Interesting. So, you know, we can think of miracle as a number of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think it's smart or necessary to get dogmatic, mm-hmm. right? Because here's the definition of miracle that I think is the worst and maybe one of the more common. It's, oh, well, it's when God suspends the laws of nature and physics to do something that according to scientific law is impossible. On the surface, that sounds, oh, okay. Um, but our understanding of science is growing so much right? What if we found out that every 10,000 years, the Red Sea gets some kind of wind pattern that makes up two pillars of water on each side and science figures out how to explain that. Does that make the parting of the Red Sea for the Jews not miraculous? I would say not, right? Or, um, you know, there were times when people didn't understand what an eclipse was. And so they would attribute that to something divine. Now we know it's there's a scientific evidence for it. You know, I think about this, like um, people will talk about, well, as much as people have tried, humans have never been able to create spontaneous life in a test tube, right? And this was like 20 years ago. I don't know if that's still true. Okay. So, but then people go and say, so therefore God is the only one who can create spontaneous life. Therefore that, you know, creation is a miracle. I agree that creation was a miracle, but I also would say that even if a human laboratory scientist was able to put a bunch of chemicals in a vial and heat them to the right temperature and zap it and boom, a protein appeared, or maybe even like a bacteria appeared, my thought is all that proves is that life needs a generator. Life needs something to to create it, right? And so mm-hmm. I get a little wary of involving too much science in our definition of miracles because 500 years ago, a pill you could swallow that would heal your strep throat would have looked miraculous. <laughs> and now we know that, no, that's how antibiotics work. Um, so yeah, but then we get this question of, is it wrong to call these more everyday things, miracles like childbirth or falling in love, you know, like that, that song from Fiddler on the Roof. Is it truly a miracle that there's a really cute couple and they're deeply in love and they don't think the dad's going to give his blessing and then he gives his blessing? Is that a miracle? I don't know. What would you say? 
Um, I actually, I really like this. Well, I say you can define miracle however you want, I guess. But I, I really like this definition of the term miraculum, which refers to something that evokes wonder. I think Yeah. if it evokes wonder, then you can call it a miracle if that's something that evokes wonder from you. Um, I mean, that's, that's how I would like to look at it. Um, Mhm. Mm and when something evokes wonder, I go back to that. Okay. So like you said, I'm really glad you brought up that thing about life in a test tube, because I think that sometimes when we hang our hat on my faith in God, Yeah. hinges on Mhm. the inability to create life anywhere else. Right. I go back to the beginning of time and I'm like, well, but you know, where did, where did matter even come from? And Right. if Yes. there's a power that great, that's a miracle that he even exists and worthy of our praise and our honor and our glory, however that fleshes out otherwise. But anyway, um, but I, I like that idea. I think for me personally, I will continue to call things miracles that are extraordinary, that are astonishing, that evoke wonder. So Yeah. I will personally continue to call childbirth or um, the, you know, cycle of life growing out of death and all Mhm. the, you know, um, Mm seeds germinating. I mean, it's all pretty miraculous. And some of that comes from me being very science minded and having seen things under a microscope where I'm just like, how on earth does that Mhm. happen? And that Yeah. something so tiny can do something so crazy and, and, you know, uh, have these metabolic processes and different things Mhm. going on. And, you know, when you see chromosomes splitting and I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's absolutely Yeah. miraculous. And I will not, that's all within the confines of laws of science, but it's Mhm. miraculous nonetheless. So Right. that's what I would think. If it, if it evokes wonder, then it's a miracle. Although <laughs> I feel like we can become very desensitized to wonder, especially Yeah. as we get older. And I think movies, like there was a time when even just watching a movie that had like CGI, something that you weren't used to seeing evoked wonder. And I wouldn't call Yeah. that a miracle though. So maybe my definition Right. is a little flippy, but, um, but I think we see movies and we see all these crazy things that, that are happening on screen. Mm I think that like desensitizes us to the very basic miracles of life. Um, and the, the, the things that are, I don't know. I, I think it like takes our capacity for wonder and it, it ramps it up so that the things that we see that are so fantastical and crazy, Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm when we don't see that level of, of things happening on this earth in the same way, it kind Yeah. of is like, there aren't superheroes. So <laughs> yeah, life you do is get boring. desensitized. You, you start looking Yeah. in the wrong places for miracles, Mhm. Mm I think. And so I think the same is true for like when people get used to, I had a girl that I knew that was showing me how she edits pictures with filters and stuff like nature pictures. And she said, the really bummer thing though is now that I've started doing this all the time, real nature looks kind of plain.
Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I would want to see it through this filter. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. Like our listeners who don't live in an Arctic area would be floored at how many times I just sleep through the Northern lights. Like I wake up, I open my eyes. I'm like, Oh, lights are out. And then I go back to sleep. (laughs) Right. Because you do get desensitized. I, and I don't know that that's, are horrible, right? Like if, um, in the same way that if you truly did consider every, let's say you're an obstetrician and, and you go in like the first time you see a live birth and you assist with the birth, like it is so wondrous, but then like it becomes your job and you've got to be doing it multiple times a week. To be honest, I don't, I think it's probably better to become a little bit more routine about it because right. the mental energy it takes yeah. to live in a constant state of wonder is yes. a little bit taxing. And I want a doctor who's going to be like watching my vitals and not just like standing in awe. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, depending on where you are, I don't think we need to feel guilty that we get desensitized about certain things, but I think we do need to allow our our hearts to be open to wonder. You know, we're at this tiny sliver of time in Alaska where it's dark enough to see really clear starry skies and it's not so cold. (laughs) And so the other night I'm like, I'm just gonna sit outside and look at the stars. And it felt really, really good. So I think that there's a little mixture of both. I think that we all have tasks, we all have chores, we have jobs. So in a way, living in a hundred percent state of wonder 24 seven, I don't, I don't know that that's where we're meant to be either No, because then does it become wondrous? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think my definition of a miracle would be slightly um different than yours in that it's it provokes wonder it is extraordinary in kind of the literal sense of the term like this is out of the ordinary not to where i'd say it has to bend the laws of nature and physics because again we don't know all the laws of nature and physics but i would say it's something extra extraordinary that evokes wonder that is that we recognize is god's direct intervention or blessing. Like I almost think of it as a spectrum, like there's blessings and there's miracles and there's everything in between, mm-hmm. right? When you call me in the middle of me having a terrible, bad day, I consider that a blessing. Like that I, I see that as God's, um, God's gift to me. I do see it as kind of direct divine intervention, but it's not so extraordinary. They're like, Oh, this is a miracle. On the other hand, like if I'm stranded in Anchorage in the middle of the night and you happen to drive by me and pull over and be like, Alana, what are you doing here? <laughs> then I would call that a miracle because it's it's so much more out of the ordinary. It doesn't bend the law of physics, <laughs> but it's still like it's it's so much more unexpected. I guess that's, that's kind of how I would look at it. And, and I don't think that we need to get too nitpicky because as long as we're giving God the glory for it, I don't think it matters if it's a blessing or a miracle. I think both should evoke the same degree of gratitude and praise. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, I think there's a subset of miracle though, that, 
definitely uh, is mentioned in the Bible where the word perform comes ahead of it. So Jesus performed many miracles. So that doesn't mean he delivered a baby. It doesn't mean that he, you know, looked up at the sky at night or, you know, right. <laughs> did something yeah. that mm -hmm. was that everyone around him knew mm. yeah. could not be done by a mortal or mm -hmm. without the aid mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. And so, so let's talk about that. Like, um, I mean, we know, I guess the, the questions surrounding that are do, well, I guess a, we know that God does miracles that they do happen in the Bible. They have happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there are some people that disagree that they still happen because mm -hmm. some people will say, well, that's not necessary anymore. That was only necessary. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that ended with the apostles at the early church. Mm -hmm. Other mm -hmm. people say it still happens. Um, so the question is, do some people have a gift to perform miracles? Um, and do they still happen today? in that same yeah type of I mean life. I I think that miracles absolutely happen today but I think it can be a little tricky when we talk about does someone have the gift of miracles I think on a theoretical level I think absolutely you know like some people do have stronger faith and it does seem as though their prayers get answered more regularly you know like someone like George Mueller um on the other hand though like that notion has gotten so tainted by, uh, you know, kind of the sleazy televangelist sort of thing. It's gotten combined with pay me money if you want a miracle. It's gotten combined with it's all about me and it's not about God. And, you know, our, our definitions of miracles involve something that causes glory to be given to God not a person. So I would call this something that, yeah, I, I think that some people probably have a better likelihood of being able to pray a miracle into a, an existence than others. But I do not agree with the way that, you know, kind of these faith healers or miracle workers who rise to celebrity status get portrayed. I don't think that that's how it's meant to be. And, and a lot of them have been proven to be hoaxes too, which just is a tarnish on, on the church, on Christianity, on God's reputation as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's so hard, you know, I think of the, the verse that says, do not treat prophecies with contempt, mm -hmm. test everything. It's yeah. This, so it's both. Yeah. Be believing and, and be skeptical. Right, right. <laughs> Innocent as doves, shrewd as serpents. Yep. It's that yes. same concept. And mm -hmm. it's a hard line to walk because particularly if you've been burned. Um, un unfortunately, mm -hmm. I heard a story of uh, teenagers on a mission trip where there was the, the group that they were with had a kid come and basically paid someone to pretend to be disabled Mm. and paid them to come back the next day as if they were healed to mm -hmm. which <laughs> yeah i just feel like that is such violation of mm -hmm. everything i mean like one of the worst things that you could ever do mm -hmm. is is do this kind of yeah it, it's the charlatan thing and they're yes. out there we've all seen them yeah and um when you've been burned it is so hard then to 
open yourself up to the possibility that it is possible for God to do mm -hmm. miraculous healing or for God to do other kinds of miracles. And so, um, yeah, it, it's very, it's, it's a hard line to walk. And mm -hmm. I think, like you said, the key to any of these, um, the key to a lot of these, these situations is looking at who's getting the glory yes mm -hmm. and is my faith in something wondrous happening or is my faith in god himself right and you know i i watched an interesting matt and i watched a movie called father stew mm -hmm. um have you heard of that movie mm -mm. it's with mark Wahlberg. it's based on a true story of this guy and it does have lots of language i'm not gonna like recommend it without mm -hmm. people knowing that you know I, it's right. not like a nice hallmark style movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but this guy went in uh you know basically had a very rough life um had an accident where he almost died and he had an experience where he felt like he was he had a like a, a moment with an angel kind of experience mm -hmm. and, um, and he came back and was very uh, adamant that he was called to be a priest. Mm -hmm. And he ended, uh, spoiler alert, if you want to watch this movie and not know <laughs> the end, don't Fast listen. Forward. Put me on mute for about a minute. Um, <laughs> he ends up in the hospital. Um, he gets better. He gets on this path to become a priest, even though it means like letting go of the love of his life, which was, you know, very hard. Mm -hmm. And... Um, then come to find out he has this, uh, degenerative muscle disorder that basically like for, you know, just within a few years, he becomes, it becomes very hard for him to walk and speak mm -hmm. and do anything on his own. And he wrestles with this whole idea of why would God do the miracle of sparing? Right. Life? Like you were talking mm -hmm. about, there's something special. God is set yeah. you apart for something special. Why would he do that? And then let this happen like it's mm -hmm. so, what a waste how could you do that god and he's just um but by the end of it he came to this realization that um it was in the suffering that the suffering was the miracle hmm. mm -hmm. because that disease and him going through that refined his spirit it helped mm -hmm. him to trust god in a way that he never could have before it helped him to encourage people that he never could have before and i mean that's a very in from the outside if you're not the person going through it it's a very trite view of suffering right. and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. but he himself going through the suffering was just like mm -hmm. you know my disability was the miracle um anyway i just i i just think that his eyes continued to be on the god that he knew was powerful and the God that he knew could have, you know, he knew that, that God saved him from the, right. the accident. He knew God could mm -hmm. deliver him from this illness, but, um, but he still like trusted and served that same God, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not for the miracles, but for who he was. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. 
We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to faithful counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy and financial aid is available. I recently started using faithful counseling myself and I admit I had never been to a therapist and I was kind of nervous about the process, but I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. And I think it's really telling in the New Testament. We see Jesus when the crowds come to him. He, he performs the miraculous heal, healings that they're asking for. And then he'll like go and escape the crowds. And I think that's a really good reminder that the miracle is never the full outcome, right? Like that is a blessed byproduct of walking with God that sometimes we get to see and sometimes we don't. But his real mission was number one, to come and die for our sins. And number two, to prepare his disciples to spread his message once he was no longer on the earth. And these crowds who pressed him for miracles kind of were sometimes in the way of his real goal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important to remember, like, you know, people who will start going back to church when they find out they have a terminal illness. And, and of course, there's a lot that goes on there. But sometimes the desire might just be for the healing when truly the need is the relationship with God. And, and yeah, God can use that to draw people to him. But so many times we, we'd start by looking for the miracle when in the end, it's more about the relationship with God that's what we're actually desiring. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of look at it as I, you know, our, our daughter's birthdays today and she got, uh, I didn't, I don't think I told you she's, she got a crested gecko. Oh yeah. She's, Fun. Been, she's been wanting a snake for. That's right. Yeah. Ever. I remember we talked about that. Yep. I always wanted a snake too, but I never got a snake, but she, uh, not all of our family members were in agreement that mm -hmm. we could have a snake in the house and all be happy. So she was kind of steered toward maybe a lizard and mm -hmm. she got very excited, decided she wanted a crested gecko. So we, we went last night to get it for her birthday Fun. and she is just in love with this lizard. She Aww. thinks it's great. She's so happy. But what it reminds me of is anytime we get a shiny new thing. I look at the kid, you know, my other two have lizards also who don't get mm -hmm. as much attention as this mm -hmm. new lizard is getting right, right. now from her. Mm -hmm. Every time we get something that we think we can't live without, let's say it's a miracle that we're looking for, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it it goes back to Israel. They they are hungry. Yep. They ask for food. They get manna. They're thrilled. Then. Mm -hmm. They get tired of the manna. Yeah. And, and they're like, eh, I'm a quail. Thinking manna? <laughs> yeah. Let's have some meat. So God gives them a quail. And then mm -hmm. they get tired of the meat. Yeah. And and that's how we are. It's like mm -hmm. what we think we want and need 
and I don't want to in any way minimize someone's deep, deep need for healing, mm -hmm. for right restoration, for deliverance, whatever it is you're looking mm -hmm. for, for your miracle. Um, it can absolutely feel like that is what you need and it might be, but only God knows kind of the big picture and, and I don't know. I just feel like for some of the things that we think that we want, we go after them, we get them. It's like, that was a miracle. And right. Then, yeah. And we fall right back in. We're right back where we were. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about like Christians who come to Christ as drug addicts, as an example, every so often you hear of the story of, and I prayed and gave my life to Christ and I never took drugs again. I didn't have any withdrawal symptoms. God just miraculously took that desire away from me. And we, we consider that miraculous. And then there are other people who come to salvation addicted to drugs and struggle for decades with trying really hard to get out and relapsing and trying really hard to get out and relapsing and maybe even overdosing. Yeah. And, you know, we have a couple ways of looking at that. We're like, okay, God, where's their miracle? That's one of the ways. But then there's also this question, is it any less miraculous that God can sustain somebody through two decades of struggling against an addiction, right? Like in a way, which is harder? It's it's not that hard to wake up with no desire for drugs and to call that a miracle. It's a lot harder to fail 50 times and resolve, repent, and get back on the wagon 51 times, right? But sometimes we're we're geared towards that instant gratification, right? We want the we want the big, splashy, exciting stories when more often it's it's harder or it was a miracle that God saved this marriage. Most of the time that doesn't mean that he snapped his fingers and you completely fell in love with your spouse all over again. You completely forgot about any pain or infidelity in the past. Most of the time it means you trudged really hard through a lot of really hard things. Mm -hmm. And if we're calling a miracle something that shows God's direct intervention in our lives, that gives him glory and leads to wonder. It's almost more miraculous that he can sustain someone through a 30 year trial and to have them still keep their faith than to snap his fingers and say, boom, you're healed or boom, your, your situation is now perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I'll never forget a friend of ours. Um, I'm pretty sure he got this concept from Greg Kogel, who's kind of like an apologist and very kind of down to earth, pragmatic. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and he said, you know, some people want to pray for a sign or for a miracle or, you know, something mm -hmm. from God. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're inclined to do that, why not just say, um, you know, I, this is more pertaining to God, show me a miraculous sign mm -hmm. to help me make a decision. Okay. And he said, well, why don't you just cut to the chase and say, God, if I'm supposed to do this, levitate the television. If right. I'm not supposed to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. And it's like, okay, is God going to levitate the television 
I don't really think so. I know he could, but mm -hmm, I, I really mm -hmm. can't think of a situation where I would expect that he would. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why he's never done it for me because I don't expect it to. But, um, it's your lack of faith. <laughs> but what it illustrates is that God is not a circus performer. Exactly. And that when we are looking for a miracle just for a sense of wonder and just for yeah you know then we're missing yep. the point and exactly and so i don't know i guess i just it we i think that's one of the litmus tests though that we can kind of put around this idea of yeah. when we're looking for miracles is you know what's my motive mm -hmm. and is it is it trying to uh get god trying to bend god's hand and make him right perform for me yeah and who's going to get the glory right yeah. like most people be like and then i prayed and god moved the tv and there's there is a hint of look what i did look how much faith i had and yeah god's yeah. not going to share his glory and often it takes a lot more faith i mean it doesn't take a ton of faith to demand something miraculous it doesn't take a ton of faith to you know pray for 30 seconds for something miraculous to happen. It takes a lot of faith to keep on trusting God, even when you don't see the miracle, yeah. right? My, my mom is deteriorating from dementia and God's not healing her. And I am going to continue to thank him every day for his purposes. That requires so much more faith than just saying, okay, God, heal her. Thanks for healing her. You know, like, I, I dislike that kind of thanks in advance attitude, right? Like as though we could dictate something like that to God. There was a time in my life where I, someone told me that if you thank, I do sometimes thank God in advance for mm -hmm. being in a situation, mm -hmm. but I got almost superstitious kind of early in yeah. my prayer journey where mm -hmm. someone told me or implied that if you thank God in advance for giving you mm -hmm. what you want and and say it as if you've already got it in front of you, mm -hmm. somehow that proves to God that you're worthy of the miracle. Right. right. And that's not biblical. Mm -mm. I know we don't see that. But, you know, one of the other questions that you pose here is worth talking about, though. So how do we deal with these verses about miracles not being performed in certain towns because of their lack of faith? Does that, yeah. is that a, you know, and so I, in Matt, this is from Matthew 13. So verses like 53 to 50 something, 58, 59. It says, when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Um, you know, and I, that's one of those verses that, you know, I mean, I, when I read that, I also think of the pearls to swine, you know, the Matthew 10, mm -hmm. as you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. I, I feel like maybe those are in the same vein that, mm -hmm. you know, it in my opinion, I mean, I do realize that if you don't believe 
that there's a possibility that that could hinder your prayers and it could hinder. Oh, for sure. But I also wonder if there's an element of he didn't do many miracles because of their lack of faith, not because they wanted to see them, but didn't have enough faith to make more happen. Because, of course, the miracle doesn't happen because of the person praying mm -hmm. necessarily. And uh, but because he just saw they took offense at him, they didn't. Why would he mm -hmm. cast that gift of miracles and mm -hmm. doing things that were extraordinary to bring glory to God when no glory to God would be brought because they would just right. be offended. They would yeah, or if they say scoffing. it's because of Satan that you're able to perform these miracles yeah. or things like that. No, That's I mean, I, thought, but... yeah, I do feel that, yeah, the more faith you have, I think the more you can expect miraculous answers to prayer. I mean, I, I do see that they go hand in hand. But I mean, it's so many caveats. You're never going to go to the terminally ill patient and tell them, oh, if you just have enough faith, God's going to cure you. Right. So I don't I don't know how to find how to explain that balance. I think a lot of it does come down to who ultimately is getting the glory. I think that's a huge litmus test. Are you trying to get the glory by saying, look what I prayed into existence Another one is, are you trusting God with the outcome, no matter what the outcome is, right? Is God good, even if your football team loses, right? And if he, if he knows that your belief is contingent on him performing a certain feat for you, then that does kind of make him a circus performer. And, you know, the God of the universe isn't going to be bound to meet your kind of whims in cases like that. But, you know, I think, I think humility is needed. Like the father whose child was so sick and Jesus tells him, like, if you have faith, she'll be well, or he'll be well, I forget which. Mm -hmm. And the father says, I believe, but help me in my unbelief, right? Like I want to believe enough for a miracle. I don't know that I can do it. So please help me. But yeah, I mean, that is a hard one because I think there are some Christians carrying around guilt that they were never meant to carry around. My loved one died, even though I prayed, I must not have had enough faith. Like that's a terrible burden. And you can take it to a comic extreme. If none of us were meant to die, like if faith could save every Christian from dying, then Christians would never get to heaven. <laughs> We'd all be stuck immortal on earth. And that would be horrific, right? So God does have an appointed time for us to die. Obviously, we don't always know what that is when we're praying. And that's where I think faith and humility need to come in. You know, that sense of not my will, but your will be done. I think that's always a good um, attitude to take. Yes, God, I believe that you can miraculously heal my child even if you don't, I am still going to love and worship you and trust that you must have had a beautifully wonderful reason to not answer my prayer the way I wanted you to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, even Jesus had that kind of, uh, I won't call it resignation. I guess it's kind of resignation. Submission, maybe. Submission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in Gethsemane where he's like, yeah. if there is any way to miraculously mm -hmm. deliver me that's basically yeah. what he's saying yeah there you know i know that this this thing is in front of me if you can deliver me if there's any way do it but not my will mm -hmm. but yours yeah um and again it's a hard line to walk 
having oh, that absolutely. kind of faith and expecting big things without, I mean, you know, it's, it's the constant, I don't know. I really believe, and you know, I really believe that my own prayer life is smaller than it could be that because I think small, because yeah. I, I mm -hmm. limit God in so many ways because I mm -hmm. have, you know, just kind of in my head, well, I don't want to, you know, it's, it's God's will. I sometimes err on that side and mm -hmm. I'm okay pouring my heart out to God and saying, you know what I need, you know what I, what I want here. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes I will err on the side of not asking more and on the same token, like not, not expecting more from God. Yeah. And I just, I remember one time I was journaling and I just, I put, you know, don't, don't pray for what, uh, what don't that I felt like I was not supposed to pray for what God has done in the past that I wasn't supposed to pray for what I think God is able to do, but mm -hmm. that I'm supposed to pray for more than that. You know, yeah. that I'm not supposed to be limited by what I've seen. Have you never seen a miraculous healing? That's okay. That doesn't mean that they don't happen. Right. Have you never, uh, have you never, do you feel like your track record in the past is that every time you pray about something, things actually get worse? That's huge. We hear about that a lot. I wrote a blog mm -hmm. post about that and I hear every, almost every day I get mm -hmm. an email in about things are getting worse after I prayed. Yeah. What is going on? That's, you know, that don't, ex don't, don't pray and expect the answer to be what you've experienced in the past. Mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. expect yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. And then leave the outcome in God's hands, and you know, and that requires even more faith than yeah. demanding something miraculous. Um, one last thing that I thought through that would be interesting to discuss, you know, because a lot of times when we think about miracles today, we think about, you know, miraculous healings. In your opinion, what do we call it if somebody is healed? And it could be a combination of medical intervention and divine intervention. Would we consider that miraculous? Yeah. I mean, I've heard doctors use that term. I mean, we mm -hmm. have, um, even when they're involved, I remember mm -hmm. we had, um, uh, I'm trying to think, I don't know what the episode is, but it was called Prayer and Miracles. You can Google it. Um, a good friend of ours in Arizona had a little boy and he fell into a pool mm -hmm. i don't remember how long he was in the pool they don't know before they yeah. found him but he they lost him he was medevaced mm -hmm. he they lost him multiple times on the way Aww. to the hospital he was not expected to make it and through a series of you know like the mom just woke up one morning during this whole thing going on several days later and she just knew she was like singing in the hotel room. They were like at the Ronald McDonald house mm -hmm. to be next mm -hmm. to be near him. And her husband was like, what is going on? Why are you, how can you be singing? And she's like, cause this is the day that our son will be healed. I know it. And she went there and told them to take him off his medications, told him to 
he was being sedated, like right, right. feeling and mm -hmm. they said he he's not gonna be able to breathe. We can't do mm -hmm. this. He's not he's he's basically not responsive. His mm -hmm. brain is not responsive. And anyway, I'm not advocating going against we talked about this in the interview too, not advocating for going against medical advice. Yeah. But she made that choice and mm -hmm. he's one hundred percent. He was brain dead for no one knows how long. Uh, and he's totally normal and, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's back to being very healthy. Um, her doctor, the doctor that was involved in the ER with receiving him when he came in, mm -hmm. um, just many times said this, this is an absolute miracle. Mm -hmm. Um, if he had not had intervention on the way to revive him and keep his blood flowing through his body when right. he died? Yeah, he would have. If mm -hmm. he hadn't been able to be on a ventilator for a while, would he have died? Yeah. So there was intervention there. Mm -hmm. Who knows what I think, I don't know what other things they did, but you yeah. know, there was a level of medical intervention that happened for sure. Mm -hmm. But there were definitely like pretty much nobody had hope that this child right. was going to come out of this. Mm -hmm. So, and I know you have experience with, with a uh, miraculous healing that involved intervention. A lot medical, of medical intervention. A yeah. lot of medical and intervention. And some of it kind of was what you said. Like we were told, like we're keeping his body alive in order to see if his brain can repair itself. Right. Because with, with real extensive brain damage, there's not a ton to be done other than, you know, in our son's case or in your friend's son's case, we will keep the body alive. And then we will see, and you know, the secular medical terminology is we will see if the brain repairs itself, which God created it to do. And so even if, I guess, you know, there are going to be some doctors who look at our son's history and they're not going to come away saying, yes, this was a miracle. They're going to come away saying, yes, the brain is designed to repair itself, sometimes in very extraordinary ways. Either way, God's the one who created the brain to, to work that way, right? So there's two different ways to look at God's inter interaction with us. One is that he created these kind of universal laws and he was like, yes, and brains will have this capacity to regenerate themselves. And then we just kind of, you know, so it's kind of like he got the ball rolling and now we're here. Um, the other way is that like God is so intricately involved that he is like touching Silas's cells in his brain and adding like little myelin sheaths to them and things like that. And like, physically in in his brain repairing it in my opinion both are miraculous both are or at the very least both are signs of god's intervention on our behalf right and so in a way i i don't feel like again we need to split hairs i think a lot of the splitting hairs as to what's a miracle or what isn't is more about us, right? Like, cause we want to be the people I have seen a miracle. Well, no, you haven't. That's actually not a miracle, right? If a miracle is something that leads to wonder and it shows God's direct intervention on our behalf in an extraordinary way, then, then lots of things would fall in that category, including a healing that is the result of a combination of medical intervention and 
God's direct hand, right? Or even something a little more routine. Like I think everybody has heard stories of people going into a not super complicated surgery. They flatline on the table. The doctors revive them. They make a full recovery. Like it's gotten so commonplace that like that doesn't even, um, that was just like, oh, wow. You know, that that would be like someone saying, yeah, I almost got into this really bad front end accident right. <laughs> or something like head on collision. It's just, oh, wow. And and again, maybe we're desensitized to that. But regardless of whether it's medical intervention, divine intervention, just someone being a good Samaritan, helping out when you need help. I see those all as examples of God's grace and God's provision And so glory goes to him, whether you're healed from an antibiotic or a divine touch that has no medical explanation. I see all of that as God's grace in providing for our needs. Yeah. And I think an important thing to note also is going back to our friends. It was uh, Stephanie McDonald was my friend and her son was Jace. You could probably Google Jace McDonald and it might come up, but Um, they have lots of news stories that were done on them. And, um, one thing to note is that she's always been very clear that, and that, that it's important to remember that if you're in a situation where maybe you're in a similar situation and your child Mm -hmm. doesn't come out of that alive, Mm -hmm. God doesn't love you less. Exactly. And I think sometimes we confuse like this idea that if we witness a miracle, that's proof that God loves us. Mm-hmm. And yep. if we don't experience the miracle, then yeah. that's proof that God has turned his back on us mm-hmm. or that we've done something wrong or that yeah. he's displeased with us or we don't deserve mm-hmm. the miracle. That person has mm-hmm. done something to deserve the miracle. And that is a lie straight from the pit and something yeah. that you have to go back to that like Father Stew example because he did mm-hmm. pray, you know, take this away, take right. this thing away. Mm-hmm. He got both. He received yeah. a miracle of his, his, he should have died in that accident, mm-hmm. but he recovered miraculously. And then he got a terminal disease that ended up taking his life. Yeah. And he still praised God and still felt loved by God and mm-hmm. and came to realize after a hard time of wrestling with that question. Yeah that it wasn't that that god himself is the miracle the relationship with god the miracle that we get to be in fellowship with god the creator for Mm -hmm. all eternity that this Mm -hmm. earth is going to pass away these bodies are going to pass away and i am convinced that when they do and when we're in the presence of god we're just going to be like oh Mm -hmm. wow yeah, you know, I worried so much for nothing, you know, right. and so I don't know that I, I just think that's so important because I did we I did have a friend who when a news article came out um, about the miracle that happened with this child, um, it was painful for her as someone yeah. who did lose a child mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that people knew that yeah. just because your prayer isn't answered in the affirmative doesn't mm-hmm. mean prayer doesn't work right doesn't mean that he loves you less and and to always be careful when these things happen to hold it as a sign of what god can do mm-hmm. but but like to never um to never expect that that's always 
how he works and yeah okay uh yeah it's not well okay but it's 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 truth. how life is life. yeah and yeah. experiencing a miracle isn't god's promise to come through later you know like i have a friend she was on bed rest and really scared they were going to lose the baby like she had to spend a couple months in the hospital before she delivered baby was born healthy everything was fine and like six to nine months later he just died of SIDS and there's two ways to look at it there's this way of like what in the what God like you saved my baby just so that he could die like the widow that um Elijah takes care of right you saved my me and my family from starving but now my son's dead first of all like you've got to remember just because God performs a miracle on day one like like um your friend's son Unless the rapture comes, he's going to eventually die, right? Like as we all are. Um, and should that happen in a way that feels premature, there there can be a sense of God, why why did you save his life back then only to take him away, you know, too soon later? But there's not a promise, you know, the fact that God, that's why I, I really disliked when people insinuated that Silas must be extra special to God, you know, and now he's got this burden of, Ooh, now you've got to fulfill this amazing destiny. And we've, we just kind of didn't really allow that kind of language to be spoken around him. Cause I think that that could be a very damaging kind of expectation. You know, you're going to grow up and do something great for God or, you know, or so you get extra pressure or you just get so full of yourself. Like, yes, God loves me more because I'm the miracle child. Mm -hmm. um, but my friend in her story had a very gracious way of looking at it. And the way she looked at it is God knew that this child was not going to be with us long. And instead of taking him from the womb, like we feared, he actually allowed us six beautiful months to enjoy him, mm. you know? And so in her mind, it was, yeah, prayers kept him safe in the womb and allowed him to have a safe delivery. But God still knew that his, his life was not going to be a long one. And so I think that's important to remember too, like a miracle doesn't guarantee that you're never going to have doubts again. And a miracle doesn't guarantee that that situation is always going to remain perfect. You know, like I've got friends who it feels as though God has divinely and miraculously intervened in a very, um, uh, you know, a marriage that's about to dissolve. And then God jumps in and miraculously intervenes. And then three years later, they divorce anyway, right? Like mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that God wasn't in that intervention, right? It just, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It just life still happens. Sicknesses still come. The fact that you got healed once doesn't mean you're going to get healed again. And that doesn't negate the initial miracle, right? Like, so hypothetically, someone has a tumor. Everybody prays. The tumor disappears. Three years later, it comes back and they die. Does that mean that the initial healing wasn't miraculous? No, because kind of like the way my friend saw it, like you got three more years, right? So I don't know. It's it's bittersweet because we all want the really, really, really happy ending. <laughs> we want it to be, you know, the happily ever after and nothing bad ever happens after that. But that's that's not how life works. Until the actual happy ever after where exactly we yeah. live for eternity. But yeah, and I think that all just highlights 
miracles are about God and his glory. They're not mm -hmm. about us. And, yeah. and the sooner we realize that and detach that stigma of like, okay, miracle equates God's love for me. Mm-hmm. Not miracle equates God's indifference to or anger with me. I think the the better we're going to be is looking to the giver and not, it's that, you know, yeah. the classic, you know, look to mm -hmm. the giver and the relationship. And when the gifts come, make sure to really, really appreciate them for what they yeah. are and, mm -hmm. and give glory where glory is due for however long. Exactly. Lasts. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I feel like we're ending on a downer. We are. Well, as a side note, if you want an upper, uh, yes. episode 67 is that story from mm. an interview mm -hmm. with Stephanie and Robert McDonald. And it's kind of a, it's a tearjerker. It's so it's yeah. inspirational for sure. Just the journey that they went through and mm -hmm. just their faith and perspective um, is really cool. So if you want to episode awesome. 67 is called prayer and miracles. Yeah. If you what about in your life? Is there anything that you would consider like the most miraculous thing that you've experienced or lived through? Um, I would say that there was one, one experience, uh, that actually made its way into our book, maybe? No, I think it was a blog post on Candidly Christian, but I just talk about this time when um, it was, well, the whole story with Jace was one thing. Yeah. Just our, mm -hmm. our church community. Okay, so there are two that I can think of in terms of miraculous healings. Um, but with Jace, our whole community came together. Um, it was Super Bowl Sunday, uh, and and our church mm -hmm. was kind of gathered for a Super Bowl party. And they were elsewhere at someone's mm -hmm. house that had a pool, obviously. And we got the memo, the note that that he had mm -hmm. had an accident, and we all just stopped and prayed. And then within the next couple of days, I remember we had a vigil for our community, mm -hmm. and there were so many people there from all different churches in the community, and like. It was the most, like, I feel it now, like the most electric, like just yeah. energy filled place that I have been in that I can mm -hmm. remember as people prayed, they were on like, I don't know if it was what it was at that time, if it was zoom or whatever, but they mm -hmm. were remotely participating yeah. mm -hmm. and, um, but the church, the pastors got up in the church, we just kind of did prayer throughout and mm -hmm. it was powerful and, mm -hmm. um, like, I just remember that feeling of being there in that group of people and, and just seeing his story unfold over just a yeah. few days and seeing what mm -hmm. God did. That was huge. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a time when there were three different women or two different women in our church that had health problems that were, you know, one was her lungs. They had, a, they thought they found something in her lung. Mm -hmm. The other one, there was a mass in her breast. They were going to do a needle biopsy on and the pastor's wife and a couple of others of us got around and prayed over them before their procedures. And just the feeling, like, I felt like it was one of those times, like in some of your books, one of your books in mm -hmm. particular, where everyone's praying and you start off praying kind of more timidly. And as yeah. you start praying, it's like, God has already healed these women. Yeah. And both of them mm -hmm. came back and the doctors were like, I don't know what happened. There's no mass. That's there's cool. no lump to biopsy. Mm -hmm. There's no, nothing in your lungs to further, you mm -hmm. know, explore. So that's kind yeah. of, I would say those two times were the, the first things that come to my mind. How about you? 
um, kind of obviously yeah, Silas. yeah with Silas but you know even our youngest he had um he had an interesting experience so we were all playing outside he was maybe like five and he got dirt in his eyes and was really like I I think it was more than just like I'm com- uncomfortable like he was very distressed and I didn't quite realize because <laughs> he had been like kind of moody all day and so I thought that it was more of just he's throwing a fit and so I just told him well go, go wash, wash your face and then come back out. Um, and he was like, I, I can't even see. And in my opinion, oh. he's just like being really melodramatic, like, no, just right. go wash your face. Um, and so he went and again, he had just been kind of grumpy and then he came back, his face was clean, but his countenance was glowing. And he said, so I got to the bottom of the stairs and I I couldn't remember which way the bathroom was to wash up. And then there was an angel who just kind of helped me to the bathroom. And, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not, I'm, I'm skeptical and full of faith, (laughs) let's, let's say, but what really stood out to me about his story was how much his countenance had changed like whether or not God truly sent an angel to walk with him at the very least he experienced something that completely changed his mood changed his attitude um and it was really special and so we just kind of you know we talked about like this was a really special thing God did for you I want you to always remember it but it, it also means that if something like this happens and the angel doesn't appear it doesn't mean that you know God's mad at you or something and then three hours later, he was back to picking fights with his brother. And and even that was a good reminder kind of of the verse that you started with. Yeah. Even if you see an angel and an angel helps you get dirt out of your eyes, that doesn't mean that your, your whole life is going to be turned around and different because we're, mm-hmm. we're humans and we're kind of, our default is to go back to baseline, which yeah. he did, but it was a special experience. And it was interesting in the way that it um, kind of challenged my, cause there was part of me that was like, it's just some dirt in your eye. Why would God care enough? You know, nobody's life was at stake. You would have found the bathroom. And so it was interesting from my side of it too, being like, God definitely didn't have to do this and things would have been fine. But somehow he chose to, whether it was an actual angel who appeared or maybe even just something in my son's mind that kind of shifted his mood and his mindset. Somehow God intervenes and it wasn't a life or death situation. It wasn't as though we were all huddled around praying for my kid who had dirt in his eyes. Right. It wasn't you know? even probably that he even pr- prayed like, no, God no. Help me. It was like, God right. just knew what I needed. God just and he sent showed me up <laughs> and he did it for a kid who admittedly had been kind of acting a little bit obnoxious for mm-hmm. part of the day too. So it wasn't, it just, it was so outside of what you expected because we weren't praying for it. He wasn't acting saintly. Um, I was just kind of like, go wash up your face and stop blubbering. And yeah. And God showed up for him. Isn't that God's way? I mean, I just love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, I have a story that came to mind as you were talking about that, that I just love telling. And it's our oldest was kind of going through some pretty heavy questions about Mm -hmm. the existence of God, whether Jesus was, his big question is, was Jesus the son of God? And is 
Christianity the right religion. I mean, right. You know, um, and so I just, I don't remember. I, I think that we prayed about it together, but it mm -hmm. might have been that he just did it on his own. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I'll have to ask him to refresh my memory. But the next morning, I remember coming into his room and waking him up and he said, get my Bible. I said, huh? He said, get my Bible. And I said, okay, sure. So I went and got the Bible, handed it up to him, and he's like flipping through. It's like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, cool. Or maybe he even read, I think he even said what the verse was. That's uh -huh. what it was. He, I think he, it was a very, very high number for a chapter uh -huh. in one of uh -huh. the Gospels. And I was like, ooh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't even know that that verse exists. Yeah. <laughs> right. But anyway, what? however the story went, I'm getting it all wrong. I just remember the verse itself said something about like Jesus sitting at the right hand of God and someone saying, you know, Jesus mm -hmm. is Lord. Mm -hmm. And and what had happened was he had prayed, God, give me a sign that Jesus is really who he says he is, you know, that, mm -hmm. that Jesus is your, is your son, that Christianity is real. So that morning he just woke up with a verse in his head, like the reference, like Matthew, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wish I remembered it, yeah, like 36, yeah. 42 or something. Right. And it was high numbers. And I was just like, I don't even know. And I, it's one of those things where you're almost afraid, like, oh, uh -huh. is this really going to work? Is, is, is this really from right. God? But mm -hmm. it was a verse that was very clearly about the Lordship of Jesus. And cool. he took it as this is God miraculously putting a verse in my head mm -hmm. to look up yeah. that will confirm my suspicions. Now, has yeah. he had doubts since then? Yeah, he's had tons of them. Mm -hmm. But he, you know, but but like with, with your son, with my son, they can look back at that as like one of these moments of I experienced this. I can't deny that mm -hmm. there was something special yeah. about this experience. And, right. and those are times that you can look back on to kind of increase or build your faith during mm -hmm. times when you yeah. have reverted back to the old ways and old yeah. thinking. Well, and, you know, knowing what I know about your son, I think it's kind of telling that God answered his prayer in a very intellectual way. Right. Right. It wasn't the rainbow in the sky <laughs> or, you know, some kind of paranormal activity. Yeah. It was, okay, you're having intellectual doubts. Let me address them on an intellectual level. Here's a verse to look up. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That is cool. Well, this has been a fun discussion. I'm glad we got to dive into this. We would love to hear um, your your miracle stories too. You can email those to us or you can submit to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. And for a reminder, we have kind of revamped our Patreon page. And so now in addition to some of the other praying Christian women type perks, like chapters of our new book that we've written that you'll get to read when you sign up. You can also request uh, one of my Christian fiction novels a month. And there's like 40 of them. So you're, you're going to be set up for reading for quite a while. Uh, you can sign up at prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner. And let's go ahead and close now with our blessing and benediction. May God grant us hearts of true humility and repentance, that we may grieve over our own sinfulness and stop grieving the Holy Spirit. May he forgive all our selfishness and pride and free us from the sins that hold us in bondage. May our hearts rejoice in the forgiveness he has given, and may we be quick to extend that same forgiveness to others. 
May we walk in humility, knowing that our sins have separated us from God, but may we rejoice in the grace he has poured out on us through Jesus Christ our Lord. And our benediction is from Psalm 134, verse 3. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.